Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Uh, Susan, uh, once again, we are here again today and to talk about our ministry and what's going on in Folsom Women's Facility. And maybe you could uh, help us out and tell us what we're doing in there. Well, our ministry started, uh, I believe, in 2004. And it's basically we want to share the good news about how God can restore you after drug addiction. And uh, in 2013, we began going into the Folsom Women's Facility and bringing that good news to them. Great. And what are we doing in there? Of course, I know, but you're going to help us out here. <laughs> well, we started with our um, our recovery addiction book that um, it's called Clean Seven Steps to Freedom. And a few weeks ago, we started going through a, a book called Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Nice. And it is fun, isn't it? it it's it's it, going very it, it's well. It's been yes. a really good uh, book to go through. It's been real eye-opening to watch lives being changed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think the thing is, is, is because it's above um, the the actual act of, of having um, addictions. It goes beyond just the, the using drugs or drinking or whatever it may be. It gets down to the core of what's going on inside of our brains and how we respond to things. So there's more to addictions than just drug addictions and those types of things, alcohol addictions, cigarette addictions? Of course. What, what would you say, um, of course, there's two kinds of addictions, right? Substance addiction and behavioral addiction. But right. those are what? They're just a manifestation of a deeper problem. Right. And so I think uh, getting between people's ears, talking about God, how he wants to restore us, and how he wants to fix those problems so they don't manifest themselves in behavioral addictions and substance addictions is true healing. Right, because I think in this program we're going to go into talking about um, God is our great physician, Jesus is our physician, and how he wants to heal us from uh, not just those physical addictions, but from our craziness inside our heads. That's that's right. And, and you know, the book we are going through uh, in Folsom Women's Facility is is Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get a hold of this book, you can call us at 916-645-1297. Now, before we get started, would you open the program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you so much for the for the many blessings that you give us moment by moment. And as we um, think about you and how you want to solve our problems, we just pray that you will send your spirit to be with us, to guide us, to... Um, to just help everyone who's listening to um, hear the good news about your ability to recover us from sin. Uh, Just be with us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What does it mean to be sorry? Are we all sorry, but some of us may be sorry for different reasons? We're in week three 
And the title of week three is what? Sorry Enough to Quit, Repentance. Turn it over to the one who forgives and heals you. So there's more to it than just being sorry. I mean, can't I, if I do something that I'm not supposed to do and it offends you or hurts you and I say I'm sorry, is that good enough? Not always. Not always. (laughs) Why not always? Well, because... um, Sometimes when we say we're sorry, we're really not sorry. So I think that that... Um, and well, what in a nutshell would show, show that I wasn't sorry? If you were to do it again. Oh, if I was to continue in that behavior. Right. Okay. Because, and so what we want to talk about today is the twofold ministry. Of Christ. I mean, he, his ministry has so many facets, but, and, and, and the Bible shines lights on these different facets. And I, that's what's wonderful about, about Christ and his ministry is it's like a diamond. There's so many different facets, and you'll look over here and say, Jesus does this, and you'll look—I mean, remember when we put on the board the different names of Christ, and we asked the girls uh, in the facility to give us different names of Christ, and they would say physician, attorney, healer, brother, friend, father, father, spouse— all of these are like a diamond. They're different Mm -hmm. facets of Jesus' ministry, and today we want to kind of— expand on the twofold ministry of forgiveness and healing because it's 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 a package deal that forgiveness kind of ah, sets you free where you can actually be healed but Jesus wants to forgive you and he, and he wants to heal you do you wonder how you can ever be clean and right with God how you can ever have peace with him and become pure inside i mean you've come to realize you're powerless over your addictions and people have all different kinds of addictions um there's certain behaviors that you know where anger gets a hold of someone and they can't seem to control themselves and so now the anger has them they don't have the anger you mm-hmm. know and it, it, we said it before on this program it's okay to have emotions but for your emotions to have you that's a tough way to go, tough road to go you know and so Jesus can restore you to sanity and so so what is an addiction an addiction is a habit that controls you. You don't control it. Mm-hmm. In other words, it has power over you. The little cigarette will tell you to go up to the store and buy it. Right. The bottle of alcohol sitting on the shelf tells you to go up and buy it. So that's the habit that controls you. You don't control it. That's pretty much a definition of, a, of an addiction. And so you were asking about how, how can Jesus restore us to sanity? Um, how can we actually come to him? How can... Um, we turn our life over to him. It's always those words that sound good, but it's like, how do we do it? Right. Um, we could be crying out, you know, what should I do? What can I do? And the answer is simple. Jesus says, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And that's in Acts 3.19. And you know what? If you think about that, you're carrying around all this baggage and you know you're carrying it around. And that is so simple. Repent, turn to God so your sins can be wiped away. And you go... Really, it's that simple, mm-hmm. you know? But remember, healing's a process. Think of, okay, we're going to talk about the couple of facets of Christ's ministry. One is he forgives. He wipes the slate clean. The other is he's your physician. You know, think of him as your doctor. He's the great physician. When you go to the doctor, do you tell him when you need to be made well? In other mm-hmm. words, if I go in there with a broken arm, do I go in there and say, Doc, I got a broken arm. Would you please set it? Would you please... Uh, do all the right proper things if it needs pins you do it uh, and to get it in there but by the way doc i also need to play tennis this friday so it has to be healed by friday 
that would be absurd. Right. So we go to Jesus and we have this condition that even though we're forgiven, we have problems between the ears because we've caused damage. Well, it's kind of like we're all broken. We're broken inside. people. Right. And we're broken. And so he, he wants to forgive us. That's step one. That, that gives you that, that relief to say, okay, I can trust this doctor. But then he wants to heal the ham damage done. And, and that is a process that we have to allow the doctor to do. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a doctor. He's a physician that has never lost a case to a patient that's gone to him. Right. But you, you have to go to him. You have to, you know, in Revelation chapter three, it says, behold, I stand at the, I get, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And I just get this picture in my mind of a doctor there with a bag that has everything you need in it. Right. And all he, and he's banging on the door and, and the, and the, and the sick patient is sitting inside. Well, and, and many times the doctor will prescribe something. It would, it would be like we go to the doctor and they prescribe something. If we don't trust him, if, if we don't put our complete trust in that physician, who's to say we're not going to take that prescription and throw it out the window on the way home? And people and do. We, and we do that with Jesus. You know, a lot of times we won't, we don't want the prescription or we don't like the prescription or we think our problem is something else instead of actually listening to him as to how he's trying to direct us. Yeah. And so that's why we have to trust the physician and listen to the physician. Um, let's talk about uh, repentance. Did you know that there's two kinds? There is. Yes. What, what are those two kinds? Uh, well, you have a false repentance and that's characterized by Judas and, and Pharaoh. Right. Okay, and what happened with, well, I, actually, Pharaoh is a, a really good example. Remember God sent the plagues to get Pharaoh's attention, and and when it, when it was going bad, Pharaoh says, okay, okay, I'll let him go, and, 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 and God sent frogs. Why did God send frogs? I think it's because they were a, a point of worship for them. They were worshiping the frogs, right. and so God sent frogs to show them how worthless it, worthless it is to worship frogs. Then... He turned the Nile to blood. Why did he turn the Nile to blood? Because they worshiped the Nile. And God showed him how worthless it is to worship the Nile. Mm -hmm. The flies, all those plagues were gods of Egypt. And so God was debunking all of Pharaoh's gods right before his eyes right. to show that I'm the true God. And it didn't work. It did not work. He could not win Pharaoh's heart. And so Pharaoh at the end, when he let the children of Israel go, it was a false repentance mm -hmm. because what happened once they got out of sight? He wanted to back. <laughs> he rebelled again. Right. He rebelled again. So that, that I'm sorry, Lord, let him go. Everything's fine. He rebelled again. And, and that's a false repentance when we're, we're, when we're still in rebellion. I know for me, um, when the last time that I was arrested and I was sitting in jail and I'll, I wanted out, you know, I wanted to get out. And so um, I called and I spoke to my dad and and I and I said that I was sorry, but I wasn't. I just wanted him to bail me out of jail. That's it. And then when he didn't, it was like, wow, that was something that really hit me. I didn't quite change at that point, but it's something I can go back and look on and, and, and be honest about today and say, um, my heart, that wasn't a true repentance. That was that was a conditional. I was only sorry if I was able to get out of jail. It wasn't something that, that I was really sorry really for. Really sorry for. And, right? and that's... Uh, that's really interesting that, that you can look back on it now and, and see that. You know, some of the women in, in the facility admit that they were only sorry that they had got caught when right. they first went in there. 
But now things are changing for them. And I, you know, we see it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, they have become truly sorry for their past behavior. And things are changing, and they want to change. And, and most of them want to get into a recovery home after they get out of the facility. Right. Uh, it, it is a reentry hub. Mm-hmm. And so it, 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 there are uh, instruments put into place to help the women wherever they go uh, when they get out. But a lot of them are lining up facilities on the, on the outside uh, treatment facilities because they know they're not ready and they are genuinely sorry and they don't want to live life like that again. Right. And, but they don't know how to live another and, life. And, yeah. Because the new way is scary. Right. When all you know is drama and chaos and moving and shaking, and that's all you know, mm-hmm. the new way is really scary. Right. You know, when Jesus says uh, he can bring peace and it's hard to imagine, but it is true that peace can be really scary for someone. Right. So, real repentance. Repentance means being sorry for sin, sorry enough to quit. You don't turn away from sin unless you see how wrong it is. Your life won't really change until you turn away from sin in your heart, and it's not enough to be sorry you made bad choices, especially if your real motive is the fear of being caught or suffering the consequences of your choices. And that's what happened to me. I was just sorry that once again I had ended up in jail and I just wanted out. It, I didn't want to change. I didn't want a change of behavior. I just wanted to continue in the path I was in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and now that God's Spirit has touched your heart, you can look back on things and see things how they really were. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you identify right from wrong. And when God's Spirit touches one's heart, I don't know how he does it, but you can get a clear sense, a clear picture of what is right and what's wrong. Right. You know, it, it, you, God says don't kill each other. Well, it, it really is wrong. To, mm-hmm. It's not cause, just because God says don't kill each other. It really is wrong to right. kill someone. Right. And when you start realizing, you know, don't lock your child in the bedroom so that you can go somewhere else and smoke dope. Mm-hmm. It really is wrong to do that. And when you start realizing these things... You know, and that, and then today I think it, you know we can say well, you know it's it's wrong to judge people, or it's wrong to um, to be angry with somebody mm-hmm. because that when we do wrong things it actually changes who we are as people. Yeah, the the guy that commits adultery is a different person when he walks out of that bedroom. Right. Every time. Mm-hmm. You know, sin is more than just breaking a rule. It's an attitude. It's an attitude of rebellion. And and God wants to change that mindset in us. Right. He doesn't just want to take and zap it out of us. It has to be an experience where we come to a reasonable knowledge of what we've done is wrong and the reason why it's wrong so that we can turn from it to agree with him and then you walk a different path the next time. I mean, think about it when you... I know when I was a child, I didn't like spinach, right? Mm-hmm. And so my mother or father would ask me, you know, tell me that you like the spinach. Well, that doesn't work. You have to really like the spinach in order to enjoy it, in order to, and, and I, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it, a forced confession or a forced repentance or anything like that doesn't work. It has to come from the heart to know that you've done something wrong and you want to make it right. To stand there and tell a children, a child, tell me that you love me or tell me that you like the spinach or tell me this or tell me that, 
Oh, how about the kiss your sister one? After whenever you do something, uh, I remember whenever I did something wrong towards my sister. Tell her you're sorry. Well, if I wasn't, I'd have to muster up enough motivation to tell her that I was sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, it didn't come from the heart. Right. Now kiss her and tell her you're sorry. Well, that's really not going to come. What do you think that kiss felt like? You know what I'm saying? And so God, it's not like uh, God demands anything from us. He wants us to survey the situation, make a logical decision on what we've done, and come to him and just talk to him about it. You know, and if we're not convinced we've done something wrong, if we talk to him long enough, because that's part of it, that's part of the whole deal is to talk to him and, you know, the doctor will finally explain explain the diagnosis until you uh, accept it. As long as we're ready for it, As right? long as we're <laughs> ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, when you see how much God loves you just in spite of your shame, you know, how much he longs to cleanse you. Mm-hmm. how much he longs to be with you. Remember King David's prayer? He gives us an example of what true grief for sin is. He'd committed both adultery and murder. Now think about it. He committed adultery and murder, and God still forgave him and asked him to write about it and put it in the Bible, which is amazing to me. Now he saw the corruption in his heart, and he despised it, and his repentance was intense. David didn't try to hide his guilt. He didn't try to escape the consequences. He prayed not just to be forgiven... That's what he prayed off the get-go, forgive me. But he also prayed for a clean heart. He longed to reconnect with God because he knew that that sin had separated him from God. Right, so I'm going to read the prayer, what, he, what David says yeah, in the, the Bible. Yeah, this is, and I might stop you somewhere in the prayer if that's okay. 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 Oh, what joy for those who rebellion is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion blot out the stain of my sins. For I recognize my shameful deeds, and they haunt me day and night. Can I stop you there? Sure. That, that right there, I, when I read that, they haunt me day and night. That That's brain damage. Mm-hmm. Right. That's scar tissue. That's ugliness that God never wanted us to live with. Right. And he's telling God, I can't get rid of this. Right. Our way doesn't work. There's only one person that can take away this haunting, this bag of garbage that we drag around. Whatever it is that pulls us down, there's only one that can take it away. And he's he's pleading with God, okay, this is my... <laughs> This he's going to the doctor and he's and he's explaining his symptoms. Right. You know how you sit at the doctor and the doctor says, "Okay, tell me what's going on." Mm-hmm. He's telling the doctor right here, between my ears, it's a nightmare. Right. What can we do about it? Make me clean. Okay, you can continue. I just I, I, that part right there really gets to me. So David goes on and says, "Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow." Create me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me again to the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Don't you love that? Mm. Make me willing. Make me willing, because I'm not willing. Right. Make me willing to obey you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. 
Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. I mean, right there's an admission that he's in rebellion right. still, even in this prayer. So many times that's one of the things that we encourage the women. If you don't, that's if you right. don't think that you are at the point of repentance or confession, then ask God, does it sound like something you want to do? Yes, but I don't know how to do it. Then tell God, make me willing to be willing to be willing. Yep. Right. Get me to the point where I want to do this because right now I don't. We even asked them, does your past haunt you day and night? And every hand went up. Right. You know, it's just we all we are all broken and, it, and we're all in this condition. And to see the king of Israel commit these heinous crimes and be that open with God mm-hmm. and for God to be the kind of God. And I, I don't want to say I know this is why this is documented, but this is a huge reason of why it's a documented. God forgave him to the extent and healed him to the extent that he asked him to write about this horrible deed that he did, mm-hmm. and God put it in holy scripture. Right. For us, for him to be exposed to everybody from generation to generation to generation. And nobody's holding this against King David, right. especially because God. Because he, he tells Solomon that his dad was a man after his own heart. Yep. It's amazing. Right. God does not hold your past against right. you, but he just wants you to come to him and be honest. Right. Be honest with him. If 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 you don't feel like even coming to him, see, and David knew what separated him. It was his sins separating mm-hmm. him from God, and he longed to be back with God, but he had gotten to the point where he didn't even know how to get back, right. and he just missed that relationship. On your own power, you can't repent like that. No way. You can't do it on your own. Um, that change of heart, it's a gift. And the one who overcame sin for us is the one that gives us sin. Don't miss this point because um, some of us think that Jesus doesn't want to help us, that, that we got to somehow uh, be good, good little boys and girls to come to him. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that'll wear you out. Mm-hmm. That will wear you. That's a miserable Christian experience, right. trying to be a good little boy and girl just to come to Jesus. Right. He doesn't te- the Bible doesn't teach that. Right. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, right? That's it. That's it. That's what the Bible teaches. So God works in ways we don't understand, you know? Um, I think it's just about the goodness of God when you boil it all down. I think when you really get to see a good, clear picture of him. What does the text in Acts 5.31 say? It's the goodness and kindness of Jesus that leads us to repent. And Peter made it very clear when he said uh, God sent Jesus to give us both repentance and forgiveness. And I think Jesus can change how you see your addictions and how you can see how you see your sins. He will um, somehow bring a heartfelt regret, you know. And the nice part about it is he doesn't, at least with me, he didn't show the whole past in technicolor where it just blew me, bowled me over. And, and it's, it's not a sense of condemnation. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn it. He came into the world to save it. And there are times when, when we treat God as, as just coming to judge us, when he's really trying to bring us salvation and That's to it. heal us. That's it. Cause, and, and one of the bad things, or one of the things that, uh, that uh, is tough, is when your regrets when your regrets really make it difficult for you to come to right. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, uh, we talk about that in the facility quite often is, you know what, you, you're going to have regrets, but 
Jesus is going to wipe those clean. You have to be able to wipe them clean. The hardest person to forgive is yourself. Right. That's right. And that is the trouble. That that's we're. I mean, it's dangerous. Don't go up in my head by yourself. Right. <laughs> it's a very dangerous place up there. Um, you know what? Addictions, sinful pleasure, money. These things can never satisfy your longing. The Spirit of God is pleading with you to come to Jesus. He's the only one that can truly satisfy your thirst. And if you believe it, I don't know if you believe it or not, but he's doing everything possible to make you want his good ways instead of the things that will destroy you. He makes you want, somehow he makes you want to choose good. You want to be made well? Next week, we'll head into week four of the book Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of this book, you can give us a call at 916 916- 645-1297. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do I love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.